Welcome to the Grass-Fed Podcast with husband and wife team, Nabil Boomrar and Caitlin Weeks. Caitlin is a certified nutrition consultant and the creator of grassfedgirl.com. Nabil is a classically trained chef who works in a five-star hotel in downtown San Francisco. They are the best-selling authors of Mediterranean Paleo Cooking. Together, Nabil and Caitlin answer your questions about healthy cooking and wellness while helping you learn to enjoy a relaxed paleo primal lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Caitlin and Nabil. Welcome to the Grassfed Podcast. We're so excited that you're here with us today. We're on episode seven and we're tugging along. Hey, it's the holidays. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We're going to talk today about what should you, not should you, but what the best meals you can eat on holidays and how can you prepare for it to make it as healthy as possible. Yeah, we're going to be talking about paleo swaps for special occasions and the holidays and how to stay on track and how to not get freaked out about making, you know, about making changes that will help you in the long run, but you can still enjoy your holidays. So that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm really excited about this topic because we have a lot of holidays and family gatherings going on and so we have a lot of insight to share with you today. So stay tuned. Yeah, and actually we're going to talk today about not my personal, I mean like a uh, restaurant experience. I'm going to talk about how, I mean, we did it. We had my beautiful wife, Caitlin. She, she had her birthday on the 19th and we made it 100% paleo. And on Thanksgiving we had... A Thanksgiving brunch, and we have made it same thing, hundred percent paleo and ketogenic. Ooh. So I'm going in a minute. Well, I'm going to talk about what we made and how we turned out. And people was wow for a paleo and ketogenic food. Awesome! It was really fun. So uh, first, I'm going to talk about some swaps. And if you have my book, our book, Mediterranean Paleo Cooking. We have a big section in the front about how to swap and, of course, how to shop and and all those things about getting on a paleo lifestyle. And, you know, you may choose to stay really strict on the holidays or you may choose to eat more of a primal lifestyle. It's up to you as far as your health goals and what you're looking for. But um, we're going to kind of be talking about a relaxed holiday so we eat butter and some cream and things like that on holidays so we'll give you some ideas of how you can do both whether you're dairy free or not and if you're more of a paleo or primal eater there's something for everyone in this podcast and actually the two parties we had we had a lot of people they're not into paleo they're not into any kind of diet but they did not notice that that was 100% paleo and ketogenic. So it's, it's amazing how people say wow to a food that they have no idea what it is. If you tell them, oh, eat paleo, they will, you know, try to argue with you or compete against you, telling you, oh, this is not going to work. But at the same time, if you don't give them anything, you just give them the food 
and you don't tell them what's going on, they will think it's great. Yeah, they don't know. The food doesn't have labels. It just it just looks like yummy food. So if you put it in front of them, usually they shut up and, and just get excited <laughs> and eat. So first I want to talk about some paleo swaps. Now the great thing about most holidays for uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving or um, Hanukkah or whatever, there's usually a lot of foods that are paleo already. Like you don't really have to do anything, especially the meat dishes. A lot of people eat uh, roast chickens or roast turkeys or uh, roast ducks or they fry their turkey. And if you want to fry your turkey, you can do it in some good, uh, you know, some palm oil, sustainable palm oil or, or something like that. You don't want to be frying your turkey in some soybean oil. But uh, you can also, a lot of people cook lamb or uh, they make holiday hams or things like that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are already paleo. And usually you just have to work on your side dishes, making them a little more uh, friendly for gluten-free and that kind of thing. So I'll give you some good ideas here. So if you, if you're going to use, if you want to use cream, and some people do eat cream on paleo or more of a primal lifestyle, and that's fine. If you want to get cream, just look for cream that's uh, organic. If you can, from a local farmer, that's uh, raw cream or grass-fed cream. And if you can, avoid the carrageenan. That's a real gut irritant, so avoid the carrageenan. And cream is a really healthy fat if you get it from a good source. So that's really good for you if you tolerate it. A good source of such healthy, saturated fat. Mmm. <laughs> Vitamin A, yummy. So coconut milk is a good substitute. So some people don't understand the difference between coconut milk, coconut cream, and coconut concentrate. Coconut really, butter. It's coconut butter. Really, it's just the amount of water that's in it. Uh, you can kind of use them all interchangeably, but I usually use the coconut milk in the can. Of course, you can make your own if you're more uh, industrious, but. If you're just lazy, just try to look for one without too many additives. And um, there's one, it's pretty okay, it's called Native Forest, or you can get, um, there's one, the Whole Foods brand doesn't really have much in it, the plain Whole Foods brand. Um, but of course, making your own is always better. So you can use coconut milk in a can pretty much for everything that you would use cream for. It's pretty much a one-to-one, so we use that a lot for creamy sauce or um, Alfredo, or uh, you can use it, kind of make a mushroom soup with it, uh, and you can make like a chowder or a bisque or whatever. So I'll get Grass-Fed Chef, we'll talk about that more, but that's a good swap for if you are allergic to dairy and cream. And um, Then, of course, coconut oil is a good substitute for butter. If you want to get a coconut oil that has no taste, use the expeller pressed, and then nobody will know that you're using coconut oil. It's very supportive for thyroid, and it's very supportive of your immune system. So then uh, ghee is basically clarified butter, and it can be a lot more tolerated than, than whole butter because it has a lot of the casein taken out. So that can be a really good substitution for for butter if somebody 
is less tolerant of dairy, but you can take the solid out of it, and you're gonna, you know, end up with the clear liquid, and the smoking point of it is pretty high, so you cannot burn it as it's easy good, as regular. Yeah, butter. it's a really good one to cook with, uh, but. If you want to make it, you can make it on my website. There's a crockpot recipe. It's really easy. And a ghee has a wonderful flavor, and it's been used as a traditional fat in India, Asia, you know, for thousands of years. So uh, you want to make sure you're using homemade broth. And last week we talked all about broth and stock. So make sure and use that rather than the canned crap from the grocery store. If you do want to get something that's pretty decent, use like Pacific, that's like organic and gluten-free, uh, that's an okay brand if you're too busy to make it. And make sure to, uh, you got to trade out your stuffing. So you might be able to find, if you want to have a stuffing that tastes more like your stuffing that you're used to, you want to use a you could find a gluten-free mix or something like that but I, I like to make it out of root vegetables like such as turnips sweet potatoes white potatoes uh, celery uh, carrots those are all things you can kind of bake together and cut them up small and you can uh, use those to make a stuffing and you can use some broth and some people add their favorite kind of cured meat to it and it gets to be really fun and of course it's a lot more filling than the old-fashioned kind, uh, and but my stepmom makes more of a gluten-free kind, and it's and it's pretty okay if you just want to kind of cheat a little bit. If you want to use a granulated, then use coconut sugar. If you have already a wet ingredient, you can use honey or maple syrup. And then if you want a, a less uh, carbohydrate-rich form of sweetener, you can use stevia. Concentrate is usually what I use. It's very concentrated, so you don't need much. Maybe like half a teaspoon would be like a lot. Uh, you can use birch xylitol, which is a, uh, a granulated, and that's make sure you use the birch. You don't want the one made out of corn because that's going to cause more digestive distress. And a lot of the cool keto kids today are using erythritol. And I don't know that much about erythritol, but everybody loves it. So um, I, the, I've used a brand Swerve, and that's very tasty if you don't want to taste, if you don't want to have something that tastes weird and people don't like stevia, then you can try the Swerve. If you're doing ketogenic like me, you don't want any of these because it will taste extremely sweet in your mouth. <laughs> I mean. But he, he, I've made him some stuff with the Swerve, and he likes it, so... I don't know. I think it's. I don't think it's something you need to eat every day. But if you want to have it on a special occasion, it's okay. Okay, and um, the other thing I was going to say with stevia, it's about one quarter teaspoon for uh, every quarter cup. So it's very very sweet. You don't need a lot. Uh, you can search online. There's some good guides on on how to use stevia in recipes. And I usually just get it at Trader Joe's. They have uh, several different kinds that don't have. You want to on stevia, you always want to look for no additives like corn additives. They'll put in there anything with an os is usually corn. Alcohol. Now a lot of people will have alcohol 
<laughs> binges on the holidays. But if you are going to drink alcohol, just try not to drink on an empty stomach because it can really affect your blood sugar. And try to get something that's less sugary as a mixer. So, you know, try to use a little, just a splash of fruit juice or you know, sparkling water or um, maybe a Zevia or something like that rather than a big sugary mixer such as like a margarita mix or something like that. So try like a NorCal margarita. So it's lessening the impact of the um, feeling you're going to get if you drink a full sugar drink and then you're going to get hungry and then you're going to get out of control with your appetite and you might get moody and on and on and on. It'll ruin your life. One sip. Just run away. I'm just kidding. So just you have to ask yourself and be truthful with yourself about how much alcohol you can handle. Um, and then a lot of people wonder about thickening sauces and gravies and things like that. You can use the grass-fed chef method of reduction, but you can also, if you're in a hurry, the paleo options are you can use arrowroot, you can use tapioca. You'd only need a tablespoon or so, so you'd put a little a tablespoon in some water, mix it up. That would keep it from getting, because uh, a chemical reaction happens when it hits the heat, so you don't want it to uh, clump up and then that would ruin your sauce. So you mix it with a little bit of water on the side, then put it in your sauce and that will help it thicken up. You can use just a, um, Nabil's mother, who was our inspiration for our cookbook, uses just a little bit of just mashed potato in her sauces and it's amazing. Uh, you can also use butternut squash if you're wanting to not have if you're on SCD or something like that, so you can use cooked butternut squash or cooked potato uh, or cooked sweet potato if you're doing sauces. And then, there, of course, there's rice. So if you're eating rice, the white rice is a lot easier to digest, uh, but it's very starchy, so you just have to know if that's right for you. Uh, cauliflower rice is a good substitution. In our book, we call it cauliflower couscous. It's just based on how fine you want to chop it up or use your robo-coop, as Nabil calls it. Um, in America That's here, we, we, we call it a food processor, which isn't as cool. But um, anyway, those are some swaps I thought about, and Nabil will tell us some ideas that he used on our last two cooking parties we had with our family. So here he goes. Hey, before I forgot, thank you for letting me talk a little bit. <laughs> uh, when you're trying to make your gravy, uh, you make the roux, which is the butter and the flour. I mean, the good flour, of course, or water and the flour. Make sure, don't use the liquid from the pot you're trying to thicken. Because what happened is you need to have... A contract between contrast. Hot, contrast between cold and hot. If you're having a hot sauce, you're trying to thicken. You gotta use a cold water or cold butter to mix it with the flour so it goes in. Or if you have it cold, of course, use warm water with the flour so it thickens faster. And the thing is, sometimes when you know you are going to thicken it up. 
just drop the butter first, melt it, before even you make the sauce itself. You melt the butter, you add the flour, you cook it off. Because the flour has a little taste to it. And if you do it that way before you start, you start in the sauce, it will thicken, it would be as smooth as melting butter. And it thickens perfectly. So it's, it's, it's a little, you know, suggestion. But you don't have to do it that way. It will thicken at the end of it. But it's just like cooking the, the, the flour itself, take the taste of the, I don't know, flour has a weird, weird taste. I cannot explain it. But yeah, you, you, don't, want, you don't want the flour taste in it. Alright, and the two parties. The first party I'm going to talk about is what everybody does I mean, all year long. It's not a holiday or you know, like special, it's a special occasion anyway. And that's my little grass-fed girl birthday. It was on December 19th and we had about 40 people RSVP. And everybody was freaking out, like, ah, what are we going to cook for them? They might not like this, they might not like that. But we come up with a menu that everyone likes. And every person who walks in has at least two to three things to eat. So they will never feel like, oh, we're in a paleo party or we are in some kind of weird diet convention. So what we did is we make sure that all the guests have vegetables. So we made crudite, which is pretty easy, and it's raw vegetables. You make carrots, celery, cucumber, uh, all I mean, I mean all those kinds of any vegetables you can eat without, you know, need to be cooked or anything. So you just put them in a tray. It's called crudite, and you make a a couple dipping with it and the dip the dipping sauce it's you can make uh, like we made uh, a blue a blue cheese dip and we made it with a little bit of coconut oil and coconut cream so it turned out pretty good and the taste of the coconut will go away because the blue cheese is pretty strong and fermented so you taste like you're eating the blue cheese. If you wanted something dairy free, you could also do a, a guacamole, or you could make an avocado-based uh, artichoke dip, which is really good. And I've also made like a pumpkin hummus. That's in our book. You can do a pumpkin hummus if you want a, a dairy free dip. Yeah, that was that was one. Uh, the the avocado mousse is one of my my favorite ones, but. Anyway, then we cooked some vegetables, we grilled some vegetables, we grilled some zucchini, we grilled some eggplants, we grilled a lot of different kinds and colorful ones. Make sure that you use a lot of colors, because it's, first of all, it's healthy, as colorful as you eat, as healthy you get, and different nutrition inside your body. And at the same time, it looks great on the table, mm. especially, you know, when we're in December and everyone wants... To see colors, especially red, and I mean, I roasted some uh, some uh, carrots too. So we had raw carrots and roasted carrots, and those mini heirloom carrots—they look amazing on uh, a food tray. And at the same time, what we made, we made a cheese plate, 
and the cheese plate was three different kinds. We used uh, the Kerrygold, the Dubliner, we used some Brie, and we, we used some Gouda. And with the same tray, we put some nuts, we put some macadamia nuts, and we put some almonds, uh, blanched almonds, so it's no skin in it, and it tastes better with the cheese itself. Uh, because we want it to be a little bit uh, ketogenic, so we skipped on, on the honey. Usually I put honey comps on, in, the, in the cheese plate, but we want it to be as low carb as possible, so we, we, took, it, we took it off. And one thing, the vegetables become a substitute for the, the chips that, or crackers that you might have in another party. We did offer some gluten-free crackers if you want to do that. You can get like Mary's Gone crackers. They just have a little bit of quinoa or buckwheat in them, so they're not that bad. And then uh, we had a lot of vegetables. So we had radishes and things you can use as a dip, celery carrots, of course, and jicama you can use, and also red pepper strips, and even endives can be little dipping apparatus for getting that goodness into your mouth. You can make them like a boat on the yeah. endive. Yeah. You make little boats, and you can put anything you want in it, if you want it cheesy, or like you said, the guacamole, you grab it from the other stuff, and mm. like we were, we used to play with the kids, like how they eat their vegetables. And yeah, and on the cheese plate, I always add some kind of fruit to it. So we added a little bit of grape for a little bit of sweetness. We added some uh, pomegranate. We just, you know, clean it, the pomegranate, and left it there. And we put some berries. Berries is one of the best when people, like, you know, loves it a lot, like blackberries or strawberries. You put them there so it looks good, With especially they're colorful. And it's lower. Berries are lower in carbs. And when it came to hot food, we made three different kinds, so we will hit every niche, so we don't miss anybody. The first one was... Except the vegetarians. Oh. They can eat the cheese tray. They, they can eat the cheese tray, even if they don't eat any cheese, they can eat the vegetable tray, that vegetarian is vegetables, yeah. we had so, we so had much of it. Yeah, they can get the dessert, they can get the dessert, I didn't come to it, but... Yeah, we'll but yeah, we had we had all of the protein you think about. We had uh, pan-seared salmon. It was wild when we cut it in small pieces, like a square pieces, about two to three ounces each. I pan-sear them and finish them in the oven. So you know, if you go to any podcast I've done or anything. You know, we've done all the time. They always do it the same way. And I always say, you know, you bring the, the pan to a medium-high heat. And you make sure that the pan is hot. Then you put your fat in it. The, in, on, her, on her birthday, I used uh, coconut oil. So I pan sear and put them aside. Then when I finished all of them, it was about 60 pieces of salmon. So when I finish all of them, let it rest so it, becomes in, it comes up to a room temperature. Then I dropped it in the oven for five minutes. And it was gone. And so you made a yummy pesto sauce. Yeah, that's what it comes with. It. So when it come, I mean, the second protein we made was the chicken wings, the Harissa chicken wings in the book. So party and you have chicken wings. 
So I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anybody will complain. Chicken wings is always good, no matter which meal you're eating. You're eating salad, wings are good. You're eating, you know, mashed potatoes, chicken, mean chicken wings are good. The chicken wings are good for everybody, and it's just a little bite. So we made uh, the Harissa chicken wings that were a little less spicy because we were expecting, you know, so many people and we had no idea that if they like it or not. And at the same time, I made a dip with it. So if it was too spicy for anybody, I mean, yogurt dip always make it, you know, less heat. Mm-hmm. You know, the creamy uh oh, like a tzatziki. Milk. Yeah, it's a tzatziki. So basically, it's almost as tzatziki. That's also it's just, in our book in Mediterranean. Paleo and, cooking. And the, third, and the third protein we made was the meatballs. The meatballs with... A marinara sauce is in the book too, but that's different. The one in the book, it's called chakchuka. And well, we have a meatballs over the um, spaghetti squash, so you can use that recipe to make meatballs. Yeah, either one is the same. It's just like on the chakchuka, we did not use any egg on it. Yeah. So we made it as soup. We put it in the crock pot and put it in front on the table. Uh, but uh, I mean, a money a time saving tip you taught me was to we cooked them a tiny bit in the oven before we put them in the crock pot, and that helped them to stay together and they stayed moist. And um, then the crock pot they didn't have to boil. And the thing is, it's it's uh, it's not a secret or a thing that no one knows. If you roast them first, like especially the meatballs, you put them in the oven first. In the 425 degrees, the heat is so hot, I mean high, so it roasts and, you know, build a crust on the outside of the meatball. So when you put them in the sauce, it will stay the same shape. In case, I mean, uh, on the other hand, if you put, if you put it straight raw in the crock pot and you're trying to stir it and make sure that the sauce goes all around you might end up with the bolognese sauce <laughs> yeah so it's 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 a it's a safe and smart way to do it we do it at the restaurant because we want people to see that we put meatballs in it not just ground beef so it's and it's easier and the salmon if you sear it from the top and the bottom you're you're ready to go it, it won't it will give you more. Uh, it be it be more forgiving. I mean, you're gonna be overcooked or anything. Salmon is fatty fish, so it's forgiving fish. So what I did with the salmon, I made a sauce. Some people that like it, you know, medium. They don't like it too done. There's some others that like it done. So what I did, I got it to a medium well. So it's almost done. So everybody can eat it. We're here in the South. They don't believe in medium rare or anything. <laughs> but I made a pesto cream with it. So a pesto cream is... I had some pesto ready in my fridge. But you can, you can you know, just take basil and puree the basil. And you put it in the cream sauce. The cream sauce is in the Mediterranean paleo cooking. But it's pretty easy to just, you know, bring the, the cream up to... Uh, simmering, then you add any kind of tapioca flour, I mean like one tablespoon and one tablespoon of water. It's one to one uh, when it comes to the roux. You just mix them, 
you add them in, the sauce will thicken, you crack some salt and pepper, you drop two tablespoons of the, the basil you have, or the the, the, pest, the pesto, anything like green-ish, it will make a Parsley. difference. In my, in, my, in my case, I had the pesto already, so I added the pesto to it, and it gives it a little bit of nuttiness. So it was great. I put the pesto sauce in the bottom, then I put the salmon on top of it. So anyone who did not want the sauce on their plate, they just, you know, pick it up from the top and they're ready to go. Otherwise, if they need the sauce, I put the sauce on the side too. So they take a spoon and turn it on the top. And I, I just thought those, all those dishes were such, such a good idea because everybody loves meatballs and they're a good individual you know, finger food type thing, and then they stayed hot in the crock pot, and then the salmon was in individual little pieces, so everybody could try it without having to take a lot, and then the the chicken wings, I mean, everybody loves chicken wings, I don't care who they are, I mean, nobody's, nobody turns their head up at chicken wings, so it was just really great party food for everybody, and people just kept eating the whole night. (laughs) I know, and we had a lot of leftovers, and if you know me, I love leftovers the day after. So basically, I come. I mean, I made an amazing omelets. Uh, I mean, I pulled the chicken out of the, the wings. I just pulled all the chicken. I sauteed it in the butter for about two minutes. Then I add the, the beaten eggs, and I crumbled some cheese out of... The, the cheese tray, and I end up with outstanding frittata, and I had breakfast like a champion. Mm, yeah, so what about... So pe- all this food, it was on the table, people walked in. You will never think we were trying to make them um, gluten-free or paleo. So it's a good it's, it's, it's good way for us to show how paleo is great without, you know, giving up. And that was all on the table. Most of our, you know, family, there are paleo, but, you know, their siblings or their husband, wife, whatever, they're not into paleo or something, but they loved it. Yeah, everyone was just picking out. <laughs> and when it came to Thanksgiving, we did not cook for the Thanksgiving dinner. We cooked for brunch. So, our family came all to our house, they had brunch with us, and the brunch was amazing, it was another hit on Thanksgiving, and we made poached eggs, and hollandaise, we made a salmon tray, it was wild salmon, diced uh, red onion, uh, lemon, uh, chopped chopped eggs, Uh, uh, capers and Caitlin made a gluten free uh, bagels low carb bagels that's on my website so people like didn't have any mean a sliced bagel you make locks and you have you know the best breakfast anybody wants to bagel and locks and Thanksgiving morning and my sister and her husband were doing keto at the time, so, and Nabil, so they all had their low-carb bagel to eat, and they, they loved it. 
Yeah, and we made we made the frittata, a vegetable frittata, and I made it out of the the egg uh, egg white left from making the the hollandaise. So basically, you're not gonna end up with having just one meal in the frittata. I put some bell peppers, I put some asparagus, I mix some vegetables, so you'll get a vegetable no matter any meals you're eating. So when we went for dinner, no one ate much. <laughs> yeah. Because we were full and we didn't have any piece of bread. So it was beautiful. Uh, one thing can I really think about it, before you go to the holidays, don't say, oh, I will be serious, I won't eat, I won't eat, I won't eat. When you come to the day, you end up hungry and you pick on the things. Just prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to basically like Kate, what Caitlin does. She puts a can of salmon or sardines in her purse. She puts some um, nuts or she puts some kind of food that if she, she doesn't need a microwave or anything to cook it. If she doesn't like the food at the party, she goes ahead and pull them out of their, her purse and eat them. So prepare yourself. And before you host anybody, just think about it a week before. Don't wait until like the, the evening of the party itself. Then you end up buying something pre-made or something that you don't want to serve. You're not happy for yourself yeah, you're not proud or your guests. And for, for uh, the dessert, we made the gluten-free chocolate cake yeah, it's the, that's it's my sister-in-law who made it from the book made it about your cooking and I made a coconut macaroons chocolate coconut macaroons and they were both head and they still have dessert without being yeah the flourless chocolate cake is on page 356 and everyone went crazy for that oh yeah they were eating we made three of them and all of them they were finished and I made about 60 uh, coconut macaroons and we end up with like three left yeah everybody loved those they were yeah they were, both of them they were paleo both of them they were my mine was a little bit not too low carb but it was a low you carb could've, you could have made them low carb easily yeah just you know too many things to <laughs> cook and sometimes sometime you can you don't have time to do everything right um, yeah, and if you're doing a pie or something like that for the holidays, you can usually make the top of the pie the way you would, or maybe just use a better type of sugar or just more high quality ingredients. Um, but the, the crust can be made with almond flour and almond flour is pretty much one-to-one -one with regular flour. So, uh, you can use that and I have a, a good recipe for pie crusts on my website and also in Mediterranean paleo cooking. So, you know, try a, an almond flour pie crust or you can also use a sunflower seed meal if you want it to be nut free or you can do a coconut flour uh, crust if you would rather do that or you can just use shredded coconut or shredded uh, macadamia nuts if you really want it to be keto <laughs> friendly. So, um, those are some swaps with your, with your crust and the top of the pie, you can usually just use some 
just high, more high quality ingredients and then it will still be paleo. But, you know, sugar is sugar in my book, so just approach it with caution and be careful with how much you eat and because it can make you have an energy crash later and and it can make you want more sugar. So be careful with that. So any more tips? What what's coming what are we gonna make coming up this week, Grassfed Chef? Well actually we're going to my in laws for Christmas Eve dinner. So we're not allowed to make anything that day. <laughs> but uh, on uh, Christmas Day we're going to Grassfed Girl Aunt up in uh, Clarksville, Nashville. Nashville, yeah. right? It's in, I mean, Clark- uh, it's Tennessee. in Clarksville, yeah. So we're going up there. And we're taking a prime rib with us. Yeah, I can't so wait to try that. We're gonna we're gonna pan sear it, gonna roast it to a medium rare, then transport it to her auntie's house, and I will finish it in their oven for about mm. ten minutes to go to a medium, and we're gonna serve it and carve it there. And I bought some brisket. And I'm going, I never smoked in my life, never smoked any piece of meat, mm-hmm. so that will be the first time, and I will, I will show you on the Periscope, if you're following Grassfed Girl on Periscope, and Grassfed Girl SF, if you want to follow us on Periscope. And I will do it on uh, the smoker, and hopefully it will turn out as good as <laughs> other briskets. Yeah, <laughs> as the, as the restaurant's. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna have fun over the holidays. So I hope that you guys do too, and stay healthy, and use really good ingredients, and then you can't mess it up. So anything else you want to say? Grassfed Chef is on week eight of his ketogenic lifestyle. He's wasting away. So stay up to date on that. And he's good, gonna make yeah. some more periscopes and some. We're going to write blog posts about it. So if you have any questions, just write us over at grassfedgirl.com. You can click on the contact form or you can go to grassfed list and sign up and you'll never miss a podcast or a recipe that's posted. And you can stay up to date on what we're doing. And make sure and leave us a review on iTunes if you're enjoying this podcast. We really appreciate it. Share with your friends. And let us know any topics you want us to cover. And we will be back next week with some more fun topics about paleo cooking and health. Thanks for listening. All right. Have fun in the kitchen. Bye-bye.